No community or country is immune from the effects of gang violence, from forcing people to engage in prostitution, peddling drugs onto the streets and senseless murders, there is no denying the devastating effects that gang violence has on our society. The latter of those examples is particularly heartbreaking as perfectly innocent lives are destroyed for absolutely no reason. This is just one of the theories that we will be discussing today as we uncover the unsolved murder of Demetrius Griffin Jr. Hello and welcome to the 60th episode of the Uncovered True Crime podcast. My name is Stephanie and in each episode we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, Jaren John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other podcast streaming apps. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod, on Instagram at uncover true crime pod, and you can join the Uncover True Crime discussion group on Facebook. One really quick thing before we get into today's episode. One thing that I've noticed recently is that people who don't follow me on social media but who still wish to contact me about cases I have covered or on the podcast in general find it quite hard to do so and therefore sometimes people go through my case suggestion form. For obvious reasons, I would like that form to be exclusively used for you suggesting cases for me to cover on this podcast. However, I really do like engaging with you guys. I like it when you tell me your thoughts on the cases, give me feedback on the episode, or if you just want to have a general discussion about true crime, I am all for that. So going forward, I'm going to leave my podcast email address in the description of each episode. It's just uncovertruecrime at gmail.com. Obviously, you are more than welcome to tweet me, DM me on Instagram, or post on the Facebook page. However, if you do not have social media or you would just prefer to contact me another way, please Please feel free to send me an email. But without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved murder of Demetrius Griffin Jr. Demetrius Griffin Jr. was born in December 2000 in Chicago, Illinois. His mother was called Polly Sykes, and while his father has never been publicly named, I am assuming his name is Demetrius Griffin Sr., but I don't know that for certain. However, I do know that he was close to both of his parents. Demetrius was a gentle young man who loved dogs, was very respectful of others, and was described by a reverend at a local church as a typical teenage boy. He was a freshman at Steinmetz College Prep, and although it was very early into the school year, he was already showing amazing promise. He was eager to join the school's swim team, and was very good at math and science, which was the speciality of the elementary school he had previously attended. The principal teacher of that elementary school, Carol Wilson, stated that Demetrius, quote, was everything between assembly setup manager to distribution manager, unquote, and she said that she could see him going on to become a stage manager at a theatre one day. Demetrius's life was filled with hopes and dreams, and I'm sure that his family had many more for him than the ones I've already listed. Sadly, he and his family would never go on to see him make those dreams a reality as he was murdered at the very tender age of 15. On Tuesday the 27th of September 2016, Demetrius walked a female friend home from school and was on his way back home when he was violently killed by persons unknown. He wasn't home by his curfew, which instantly worried his mother Polly. Demetrius wasn't known for coming home later than instructed and she knew something was wrong. From what I read, Polly was known to be quite strict with Demetrius's curfew and he wasn't one for coming home later than instructed so she knew something must be wrong. She was racked with worry all 
night until her worst fears were realised when she discovered that at 1.30am on the 28th of September, residents of the 5500 block of West Cortez Street called the police as a public bin on the street had been set on fire. Police and firemen attended the scene and when they put out the small fire, they were horrified to discover a body that would later be identified as Demetrius Griffin Jr. in that bin. His body was transported to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. However, due to the condition of his remains, a cause of death couldn't initially be determined, although the manner of death was ruled as a homicide. The medical examiner continued to examine his body and eventually discovered that Demetrius had died from thermal injuries, meaning that he had been burned alive in the bin where he was found. In an article written by CBS Chicago, Demetrius was also shot in the head, although to my knowledge this detail has never been confirmed by law enforcement. However, Demetrius's grandfather also told CBS that Demetrius had been shot before being burned alive. Crisis responders tried to help Demetrius's family as much as they could in the aftermath of his death, with one of the responders, Andrew Holmes, telling the media, quote, No one needs to go through that pain. It's enough that you know they have to identify them once they've been shot but then you've got to go through DNA, giving up blood samples to make sure it's your baby. That's some pain. You can pain all night and day and all year and for the rest of your life on that. That is something that no parent wants to go through. Unquote. I think it's interesting that he also made reference to Demetrius being shot. However, I would like to reiterate that this detail has never been confirmed by law enforcement. A week after his death, over 150 people attended a vigil for Demetrius on the street where he was found. Attendees remembered Demetrius for the loving, smart young man that he was, but they also couldn't believe that someone would have done this to him. Local community activist Don Valente turned to the news cameras and made a direct statement to Demetrius as killers saying, quote, Look at how you've hurt this family. There's nothing that a 15-year-old can do to anyone for him to deserve what you guys did to him. Again, another senseless crime in the city of Chicago, unquote. Understandably, the crime shook the community and the police commenced their investigation to try and bring his killer or killers to justice. Very little is known about the investigation into Demetrius's murder and all the news reports on it repeat more or less the same information, to the point that I didn't know if I was even going to be able to cover it when I first started researching his case due to the lack of information. I couldn't help but wonder if this was a young white girl who had died in the same horrific circumstances, that there would be more information available and that the police would be engaging more with the media to ask for the public's assistance. I am by no means saying that the police are not taking this case seriously or that they are not trying their best. It is just an observation. While the police haven't engaged much with the media, Demetrius's family has, his mother in particular. Polly made a very public appeal for information and I'm going to insert audio from the appeal now because I don't think that me quoting what she said will convey the message she gave as effectively. So, here it is. Community, I need your help. They killed my baby out here in this alley. I need somebody, you know something. Please come forward. They took my life. Community, I need your help. They taking our kids. They gotta stop taking our kids. Community, I need your help, please. 
police have never revealed what accelerant was used to start the fire, only that his killer probably had burns up their arms immediately after the fire. While this is helpful because it could jog someone's memory, it probably would be quite easy to cover up depending on how serious the burns were, so their friends and family might not have noticed them. And that is all the information that the police have released on the investigation. However, before we get into the theories, we are going to take a short break to thank some companies who have supported this podcast. Support for the Uncovered True Crime podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped have just released their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You did indeed hear that correctly, the Lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped is trusted by over 4 million men worldwide, so why not trust it with your man too? Manscaped are offering my listeners 20% off their entire website and free worldwide shipping with the code UNCOVER at manscaped.com. We all know what a hassle shaving can be and I'm sure that we all have some kind of embarrassing shaving story. Me personally, I can't shave my legs without cutting myself at least three times, which obviously doesn't give me the look that I want, but you do not have to worry about this with the Lawnmower 4.0 as it gives you a very clean and close shave every time. Manscaped have engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality for an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. However, the Lawnmower 4.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade that will reduce grooming accidents thanks to its advanced skincare technology, so no more worrying about cutting yourself while shaving. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a new multifunction on-off switch which can engage as a travel lock. It has a 4K LED spotlight which is amazing when you want a more precise shave. It comes with additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4 depending on what look you're going for. It has wireless charging and it is completely waterproof so you're more than safe to use it in the shower or bath. I couldn't have been more excited when I received my Lawnmower 4.0. I gave it to my boyfriend as a gift and he could not recommend it highly enough. And ladies, let's be honest, if you're allowing the men in your life to shave their face and their body with the same trimmer, you're doing it wrong. Make it right by giving him a new body trimmer with Manscaped to make your time together the best time with a smooth shave. As I mentioned earlier, Manscaped are giving my listeners 20% off and free shipping when you use the code UNCOVER at manscaped.com, which is perfect since it's coming up to the holiday season. This would make a great gift for all the men in your life. So again, for 20% off and free shipping, use the code UNCOVER, that's spelled U-N-C-O-V-E-R, at manscaped.com. Give him the best tools for the job. I would also like to thank Anna Louisa Jewelry for supporting this podcast. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Anna Louisa Jewelry release brand new products every Friday on their website and can I just tell you that all of their designs are absolutely stunning. They sent me the Hannah necklace which is a gorgeous iridescent mother of pearl disc pendant with a rose engraved into it. They also sent me the Elise pendant which is so classic looking with its gold chain and pear-shaped diamond gemstone. Another one of my favourites is the Nina necklace. It has a sleek silver chain with a beautiful rhodium stone which is perfect if you're into a little bit of bling. Another item on their website which will absolutely be my next purchase is the Stephanie ring. It is a simple 14 karat gold ring and it is so classic and elegant looking I just can't wait to add it to my collection. I can't state enough how gorgeous and classic 
their pieces are. I really do love all the jewellery on their website. Their pieces start from $39 and they are currently running the biggest sale of the year, which is perfect again coming up to the holiday season as this would make a great gift for anybody in your life. They cater to all ages, styles and gender identities, so there literally is something for everyone. You can get an amazing 60% off the second item when you go to analouisa.com forward slash uncover. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash uncover. I'll say that one more time. You can get 60% off a second item when you go to shop.analouisa, that's spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash uncover, spelled U-N-C-O-V-E-R. I would like to thank Manscaped and Ana Luisa Jewelry for supporting this podcast, but let's get back to the episode. We are now going to discuss the theories in this case, which, like all theories discussed in this podcast, are all pure speculation. As I mentioned in the introduction, one of the theories in this case is that Demetrius was killed in an act of gang violence. Demetrius was not in a gang, however, it was speculated that his murder was perhaps part of a gang initiation or a case of mistaken identity. Demetrius' mother Polly was aware that a gang in the area was approaching her son, stating, quote, I knew they were messing with him. The gang in the neighbourhood were bothering him, so I was picking him up and driving him. That particular night, I didn't." Unquote. While this quote doesn't specifically mention gangs, according to an article written by the criminal journal, she did tell WGNTV that Demetrius had told her that gangs were trying to recruit him, but that he had said no. I'm not entirely sure when this happened, but at some point after his death, a photo of Demetrius was posted on Facebook with the caption, quote, My name is Demetrius Griffin Jr. In 2016, I was placed in the battle by other black kids in Chicago and was burned to death because I refused to join their gang. There was no march or protest for me, but when you're black and murdered by other blacks, your life doesn't matter. This Facebook post has since been deleted, but the author has since posted on another website stating that they received significant backlash for creating this post on Facebook, and I can understand why. This post makes a lot of assumptions about the ethnicity of Demetrius' killers. We don't know that they were black, as there are many people from many different ethnic origins involved in gangs. We don't know if the people that Polly was referring to who were trying to recruit her son were black, and I think it's very presumptuous and wrong to assume that they were. The author also implies that black-on-black crime is not given as much attention compared to when white people murder black people. As a white woman, I do not feel it is my place to say one way or another whether or not this is true, as I have never directly been affected by black-on-black violence. However, I think it is fairly obvious that black people, men in particular, are overrepresented in the criminal justice system, are often treated differently by the media, and tend to be given harsher sentences. However, black victims of crime are underrepresented in the media as they do not get as much attention as white victims. From the research I did for this episode, there does seem to be a massive issue with gangs and gun violence in Chicago. From the research that I did for this episode, there does seem to be a massive issues with gangs and gun violence in Chicago, and personally, I think this is the most plausible theory in the case. However, it is not the only theory. The next theory is that Demetrius was murdered by a serial killer. This theory comes from the fact that in the years leading up to Demetrius' murder, several other people were killed in Chicago under 
under similar circumstances. I personally do not hold a lot of stock in this theory, but I think it is important to recognise the other senseless murders that have occurred in Chicago, whether they are related to Demetrius's case or not. I am now going to list the murders that have been speculated online as being connected to Demetrius's case. In 2007, the burned remains of 21-year-old Teresa Brunn, who was eight months pregnant at the time, was found in a dumpster in Washington Park. A few days later, the body of another woman, later identified as Hazel Lewis, was found burning in another dumpster on the opposite end of the same park. On the 6th of April 2012, the burned remains of an unidentified man were found in a burning building. I was unable to find out exactly where this abandoned building was, however I believe that this man is still unidentified to this day. Exactly seven months later, the body of another man was found burning in a bin in an alley on the 3100 block of North Central Park Avenue. He was later identified as Rodolfo Hernandez Bay. On the 20th of May 2013, the body of 20-year-old Amy Martinez was found in a burning dumpster on the northern west side of Chicago. On the 18th of June 2016, Chicago Fire Department put out a fire in a dumpster in an alley on the 4200 block of South Cadizzi Street and found the charred remains of a male inside. I was unable to find out if the police were able to identify this male, but I couldn't find the case on NamUs, so I'm going to assume that he was. From the research I was able to collect on these cases, with the exception of Rodolfo Hernandez Bay, no charges have ever been filed in any of these cases. Personally, I think the chances of these murders being the work of a serial killer is unlikely, as it seems like a very odd way for a serial killer to murder people and dispose of the bodies, as it would likely attract public attention. If a serial killer was a pyromaniac, why not just set fire to buildings or houses? Why risk dumping the body in a very public place and then setting it alight. I'm not saying that it's impossible or that none of these murders are related, just that to me it seems unlikely. Another theory is that Demetrius fell prey to a random predator and there is no way to exclude this theory. I know that it is awful to think about but as his body was badly burned when found we don't know what other injuries he might have suffered before his death, whether they be physical or sexual. Maybe the killer burned his body to get rid of evidence which obviously worked as they have never been caught. Another thing I want to end this part of the episode with is this. We don't know exactly what time Demetrius dropped his friend off at her house or what time his curfew was. He was 15 year old and as I said his mother was apparently quite strict when it came to this curfew and he was always known for making it home on time. So let's say for argument's sake it was somewhere between 6pm and 10pm. That leaves anywhere between 3 to 7 hours between when he was meant to be home and the fire he was found in being reported. I don't think that 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 fire could have gone unnoticed for very long as 911 was called to report the fire at 1.30am. So where was Demetrius in those 3-7 to seven hours? If he was killed by a predator or an opportunistic stranger, it is very possible that he was being held against his will for that time. We just don't know. And because there are so many unanswered questions in this case, it is so important to raise awareness about Demetrius's case. Personally, I can't believe that it has so little media attention given that he was a 15 year old boy who was literally burned alive. If you were ever going to share one of my episodes on your social media because of how little public attention this case has gotten and because of the horrific way in which Demetrius was murdered, please let it be this one.
When I first decided I was going to cover Demetrius's case, I tried to reach out to his family via a Facebook group that I believe is run by a close relative of his, although I admit I might be wrong about who runs this page. I contacted the page in order to find out a little bit more about Demetrius and about the case, however I didn't receive a response, which, if this is run by his family, I totally understand. If any members of his family are listening to this episode, I am so, so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine the pain you are going through and my thoughts and prayers are with you all. I want to end this episode with a statement that Demetrius's auntie, Rochelle Sykes, gave to the media. Quote, Can you imagine the screams? Burning him alive and you did nothing. How can the police pay the attention to this case that it needs if they are constantly called away because someone else has been murdered? We've got a monster out there. No child is safe. If you know anything, you can call 911. You don't have to give your name. We need to break that code of silence. Unquote. Rochelle is 100% right. There is no way that someone could have burned alive in a public bin and no one have seen or heard anything. Even if he was incapacitated before being put in the bin, his killers must have had to have moved his body there and then set it on fire. Someone saw or heard something. If his murder was committed by some sort of gang, they would have told people about it and those people are staying silent. I understand that they might be scared of possible repercussions, but there are systems in place to help you if that is the case. Police have got protection for witnesses, and there's also crime stoppers. I also understand that in the world we're living in today, a lot of people do not trust the police. However, there are organisations and non-profits that help victims of violent crimes as well. Can you really live with yourself knowing that you know something about this senseless, brutal murder, knowing that the only thing that stands between Demetrius's family and justice is you, but still, you did nothing. The reward money for information leading to the conviction of Demetrius's killer has steadily increased over the last five years and I believe that it now stands at $15,000. So please, if you have any information on Demetrius's murder or the circumstances surrounding it, I am urging you to contact the Chicago Police Department on 312-746-6000. Or alternatively, if you would like to submit a tip anonymously, you can contact the Cook County Crime Stoppers on 1-800-535-STOP, which is 7867. That is everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.